Dr. Daniel Halleck, and welcome to the Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders, just like you and me, who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. Performance is that elusive thing that every leader is chasing after for their people and for their organization. The difference with the Wild Executive, the leaders I've worked with throughout my years at Wild, is that the Wild leader cares about the whole person and their development and their performance. And so they're looking to increase the performance of their people and the well-being of their people. And it's often driven by this innate belief, the Wild leader has this innate intrinsic belief that better people equals better performance. So why performance? Why do we talk so much about it? It seems obvious to us when we step back that you need individual performance, people to do well, to create high-performing teams, teams that do well and hit their goals, and a network, a collection, an organization of teams, a company, to perform well, to create a high-performing organization. So that that line of thinking seems to make sense. And we often assume that better people will lead to better performance. If I have better people, I'll have better performance. And I know this is true because I've talked to enough leaders and I look at what people spend their money on. And when you look at where companies spend their money in hopes of building better people to have better teams and better companies performance, you start to see a story. In 2020, it was estimated that there's over $7 billion spent on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And the goal of these initiatives is to create climates of psychological safety, places where people can belong, and once they feel that they can belong, they're free and unhindered to perform well and do a great job. And that's a lot of money, but it doesn't pay, it doesn't even pale in comparison to the over 100 billion that's estimated. I've seen all sorts of estimates. Uh, that's spent annually on employee engagement initiatives. Gallup estimates that disengaged employees cost the global economy 8.8 trillion. I think it's 1.2 trillion in the US. It's a lot of money. <laughs> or we've talked about before the wild conversation, the over $166 billion that gets spent on developing leaders with the assumption that if I develop leaders, those leaders will be able to invest in their people. Those people will be able to perform, which creates team performance and or you see the train of thinking. And of course, we believe that investing in leaders creates that too. That's why we exist here at Wild. But there's billions of dollars spent on these initiatives. And I, I even start thinking of performance management. There's a recent survey that showed that 95% of companies have a performance management process in place, a system, a method, a process to increase the poor performance of their people. The same survey also showed that only 20% of those companies and organizations believe that the process they have in place is effective and actually doing what it's supposed to do. So when it comes to increasing people's performance, creating better people for better performance, everybody's trying to do it. Nobody likes it, and we're not quite sure if it's working, but we spend a lot of money on it. But the goal, the elusive goal is how do I help people perform better in a role that adds value to the organization and creates outcomes that helps community and people 
thrive and flourish. So here's my big idea for today. I've got a big idea and a metaphor that we're going to tease out. The big idea is this. If you invest in the right people with the right conditions, those people will create the right outcomes. If you invest in the right people with the right conditions, those people will create the right outcomes. And here's my metaphor, gardening. If you heard my TED talk and listened to that, or if you've heard me in other wild conversations, you put, you might remember that my parents, I've been around uh, parents who have been gardening since I was a kid. They started composting in Seattle before composting was the cool thing to do to signal that you care about the planet. I also live in Walla Walla and agricultural land. So right outside my window, I've got livestock, I've got cornfields, I've got wineries, I've got wheat. And so I'm just surrounded by plants and agriculture. And it's interesting is when I look at plants, if you have the right plant in the right conditions, it's likely to yield the right produce and hopefully a lot. Uh, and if it doesn't, you can reverse engineer and step back and look at the factors and break it down and figure out why or why not. So that's what I want to do today. I want to look at the right people, the right conditions, and how that can lead to the right outcomes. So let's start with the right people. <clears throat> Getting the right people in play is almost an assumed. You hear often leaders will say, I want to get the right people and the right seat on the bus. And that's great. Hiring and selection is absolutely critical. And it needs to be both for the culture, but also for the job and the ability to do the job. It's a both and. I hear a lot of leaders today say, I'm hiring for fit. I'm hiring for the organization. I'm hiring for culture. To which I say, fantastic. And let's also make sure we hire for a job too, because we could have somebody that fits the culture and can move around and have a lot of career pathing opportunities, but they also have a job to do. So we got to make sure we do both at the same time. But let's assume we have the right people. We've, we've somehow figured it out. Most organizations haven't figured that out, but let's assume we've got that in play. Well, oftentimes we get a drop off right away because we get people in, we find the right person and we don't have an onboarding system, not just to onboard them into here's your desk or here's the equipment, but how do we intentionally assimilate people into the team? How do we help people become, go from being an outsider to an insider? So they begin to be trusted with information and data and opportunities and they can get stuff done. And so we don't often create a way for people to know themselves, share that with others and for other people to be able to create that common shared language for them to be able to build that relational trust that can drive performance or at least hinder it. So we need to select, we need to onboard, and then we got to develop. And that's what wild is all about here. So that's singing with a choir, but it's not, it's not just invest in people. Not everybody is the right fit at the right time. I believe that we need different people for different reasons and different seasons across our life and our work. And so I might be the right fit today. I might not be the right fit tomorrow, either because I change or the business changes, the strategic direction changes. And so how are we developing people, but also creating an opportunity for them to continue with us to discern and assess where they fit, how they fit best? Should we move them somewhere and we can help them double down? Or how do we give them an opportunity to pause and consider when is the right time to move to that next place? So the right people are important. Let me assume you've got selection, onboarding, and development at least working well. And if you don't, 
Talk to the wild team. We're here to help with that or point you in the right direction. I want to focus on the right conditions. Now, what are the right conditions? How do I create the right conditions? I want to go into five conditions that I believe are critical if we have the right people there to focus on building the right people, better people for better performance. And I'm going to give you one recommendation about how to actually make it happen from an implementation standpoint. But before these five, I, I got to say, I'm going to talk about stuff that's above the line, meaning um, you have people, you, you've, you've done enough of the, the legwork and cultivation and tilling of the ground that we're ready to accelerate performance. If you don't have some necessary conditions in place, anything I'm about to mention might not matter. So two examples, pay and tools. If you have a great culture, you've got the right people, you've got excellent development in, in, in place, you've even got a fantastic strategy, but you're not paying people an adequate wage to be able to do the job or competitive wage compared to others, you're going to get the right people in the door and you're going to have a leaky bucket on the other side. So pay is important. Culture matters, but you also have to make sure they have, they're getting enough to be able to provide for themselves and their families. Tools are also important. You could have all the right conditions, and if they don't have the right tools, well, that field of wheat is just going to sit there as a field of wheat with lots of potential that's never actualized. So I'm, I'm again, I'm making an assumption. We're going to make sure that we work on the compensation factor, and we're going to equip people with the stuff they need. So with that, here's five conditions and one strategy for cultivating individual performance to build team performance and ultimately to hit those important organizational outcomes. The first condition is feedback. It is absolutely critical for us to perform well, to have feedback so that we know where the heck do we stand. It's hard to know where I need to go if I don't know where I am. And so feedback creates clarity. Where am I right now? What are the expectations? How am I doing? Where am I missing the mark? And what do I need to do next? And so a reflective question for me as a leader or for any leader I work with is, what does your feedback mechanisms look like? And how are you giving people regular, helpful, performance-enhancing feedback? And I say that because not all feedback is helpful feedback. About a third of the time, feedback actually hurts performance. And you can go back in our archives. We have hundreds of videos on YouTube and in our podcast. We have a whole series of conversations just on feedback. So you can get more details about that. But are people getting regular feedback about how they're doing? They People, we need clarity. Closely tied to feedback is goals. Clarity is so important. And feedback helps with that, but we also need direction. We need direction. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't hire people that can be adaptable and agile and handle ambiguity and navigate and think for themselves. I hope we're hiring those people. I hope I'm that person. But we need some sort of direction from the business cascading down to the individual. Of, this is where we're going. This is where we're going as a team. And this is where we need you to go in that direction. And that often looks like goals, some sort of goal or objective. I have seen so many organizations where individuals are wasting an incredible amount of time, not getting work done, but trying to figure out what should I be doing? What is actually expected of me? I can't quite tell how I'm being measured. They are measuring me, whether they tell me or not, 
whether it's formalized or not, but I'm just trying to figure out what that is. And so we can reduce a lot of that waste if we can give people clarity about where they should be going. And then we have something to be able to give them feedback against. So first condition is feedback. Second condition is goals. And again, we've done a lot of wild conversations on that as well. So you can do that in the up in the archives too. Third is purpose and care. Two halves of this coin. Something bigger than me and something for me. Something bigger than me and something for me. People today, we've always been motivated by performance, but it's almost demanded by today's workforce. People want something that's meaningful, that's compelling, that is bigger than them and beyond them, something they get to be a part of. It's wild, wild. I love that we are all about whole and intentional leader development. I know the entire team is here because of that. And many of you are here for that same reason. That's why you join this conversation and listen in. There's something bigger than me, but there's also something for me. And so if you have a compelling mission, are you regularly helping people connect to that mission? That's one half of the coin. But the other side, I said purpose and care. Is there something I care about for myself? In some level, we're all a little bit egocentric. And why am I here? For I, I want something bigger than me. But if I have that and I don't see a pathway for my own growth, my own development, my own actualization, or even my own provision and ability to provide for family or loved ones or others who depend on me, then that purpose that hopefully I'm connecting to could be really meaningful, but I might feel like I need to go at some point. And so can we connect that purpose and that care, something bigger than me and something for me? Do we know what that is for our people? Can we help them see the thing that's bigger than them? And can we help them? Can, can we connect to and understand the things that they care about for their own lives and the journey they're on? So feedback, goals, purpose, and care, and growing skills. That seems like an obvious one, grow skills to grow performance. But I say that because when we talk about growing skills, we so easily think about technical skills. How do I learn XYZ software or process or system or get the certification or that professional designation? How do I demonstrate competence? And that's critical. That's table stakes. If the person isn't performing well or can't do the job, you're probably not hiring them and they're probably not going to last a long time if they can't learn the things they need to do. But most of those things can get learned on the job. I'm always amazed to see leaders or people who did not get trained in a field, but they found their way into it. They somehow find a way to learn it. The harder skills are not technical skills. The harder skills are the emotional skills. Are we cultivating opportunities for people to have ongoing self-awareness and development of who they are? and the ability to interact well with other people. Can they be attuned and work well so that they can collaborate and do things together, not just individually? So growing skills is critical, especially the emotional skills. And lastly, last condition for performance is well-being. And this is a tricky one. Oftentimes, when you look at people who are doing well, performing well over the long term, we all have ups and downs, they are doing well because they're doing well. They're doing well at work because they're doing well overall. Our health, our finances, our families, well-being, those things can erode our ability and we might be able to make performance happen, 
but there's a cost and folks either get burnt out or they can't sustain it over the long term. And so what I'm not saying is if you have people on your team, their personal problems are all suddenly your problems and you their, pers- their personal life is, is your responsibility. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that your attention to them as a whole person does matter. And so if we're going to create people, better people to create better performance, we have to be attuned or at least know what's happening with our people across their whole life. And to the extent that we can influence their well-being at work to spill back over the home, to spill back over the work, it's not only the right thing to do and we want to do it, but it does have an impact on them and their performance long term. And if you don't have a system for doing that, you need some way to be able to regularly know how they're doing and how's their well-being. Otherwise, feedback and goals and skills might become irrelevant. So how do you do that, Daniel? What do you suggest? There are so many ways to approach this. And again, we've talked a lot about some of these conditions in other places. But I want to give you a simple framework that you can adapt to your organization and get a little bit deeper to start cultivating these conditions. How do we cultivate these conditions? They often happen through relationship between a person and the person who leads them, their manager, their supervisor. So it's in a one-on-one relationship with a leader and often through a conversation. Conversations are so critical to be able to deliver that feedback, set those goals, calibrate purpose, be able to understand and grow skills and check in on well-being. And so one of the frameworks I've been using is something I call the four to one, three to one conversation rule, the four to one, three to one conversation rule. And what this does is to connect the individual's tactical work to their development and growth, to their performance, four to one, three to one conversation rule. So let me start at the, at the, fir- the first piece, four to one. The four to one is to suggest that if we are truly investing in people, better people for better performance. We need to have, for most of us, at least one check-in a week with our people and at least one conversation a month on their development. That check-in could be simple. That's the four to one. Four check-ins for every development conversation. A quick check-in to show what's happening, what's on the agenda, the tactical stuff. How did that project go? What's our status report? Oh, by the way, here's a bit of quick feedback from that meeting earlier this morning. Hey, here's something I think you're doing really well. Let's talk about that goal. So really quick, really tactical, focused on the immediate, focused on the work. But at least once a month, maybe taking that 15 or 30 minute conversation and extending it to an hour, stepping back and saying, let's talk about your development and one of the key pieces to help grow you as a leader. Let's look at your competence and skills. Let's talk about the experience you need next that I can help open up for you. Let's talk about how you're showing up emotionally under pressure and challenging situations. Let's talk about your motivations and how they connect to the work. Let's develop you as a person. Let's talk about how you are coaching other people. These are the series of conversations that the wild system is designed to do. It's designed to curate and create a rich, meaningful, regular development one-on-one. And if those things are in place, That's the four to one rule. The three to one rule is four to one, three to one. The three to one is for every development conversation once a month, one performance conversation, one performance conversation. Instead of the annual gotcha, I did not know I was doing really well or really poorly till you surprised me, you know, that performance review. 
a lot of organizations have moved to that quarterly conversation where we say, hey, let's sit down once a quarter. Let's review the goals for the quarter for the business and the business unit and your personal goals for performance alongside them. So we're tying the organization to you. And let's talk about your goals, the couple goals we set, the big things. How did you do? What do you need to do differently? And what can you do going forward? So it's focus on performance. Performance is critical because we need to calibrate. We need to know how we're doing. But here's the challenge. Most people do performance conversations without a great rhythm of development conversations. So that performance conversation is awkward and clunky. It's not connected to the business. It's not connected to the person. It's kind of in a vacuum. And we haven't done the regular check-ins for the tactical pieces to feed into the development, to feed into that. So the four to one, three to one rule could be a great way. Regular check-ins, a step back for a rich development conversation to grow skills, emotionally cultivate well-being, and then a quarterly chance to review goals, give meaningful feedback, and recalibrate on purpose. The goal here is to say better people will lead to better performance if we connect the dots between the person, the team, and the organization. A couple of years ago, and I'll end with this story, I was working with a university and we got to work with groups across the university from executive level down to line level. And there was a young woman who was a couple of years out of school. She had gone to that school. She came back and was working on staff. And she ran a number of things, including what was called the commuter lounge. And if you ever, if you don't know what the commuter lounge is, I commuted to school. I lived at my parents, saved a bunch of money. And I drove into school. And so a lot of universities will have a lounge for people who drive in who don't, who don't live on campus. And she would maintain the commuter lounge. And we led her through a conversation uh, on missional alignment through our wild profiles. One of the conversations that comes from that assessment. And she came back and she said this. If I keep the lounge fun and clean, students will want to study on campus. And if those commuter students study on campus, we'll create a community between those off-campus students, and they're going to feel like they belong. And if those students feel like they belong to a community, they're going to perform better in school, and they're less likely to drop out. And by the way, that's what the institution was all about. She got it. And if we can invest in better people, they will connect the dots to better performance. Because business organizations, they're an ecosystem, they're a garden. People and systems need to be tilled, tended, and cultivated. If we got the right people with the right conditions, the right outcomes will start to happen when we can link the person, the team, and the organization. So for the well-being of our people and their performance, let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to this Wild Conversation. To join our live Wild Conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation. And subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.